Welcome to the Elevated Action Podcast. This is your host, Matt Musgrove. Today we are with Logan Mead from Concord, California. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Matt. Pumps. Yeah, we just got done doing some uh, quick photos for his KTM 1290 and KTM 450 out at the fairgrounds. These things are looking fresh, man. Yeah, they look really good. Um, pretty disappointed we can't go racing, obviously, due to this whole um, COVID-19 thing going on. But, uh, yeah, the bikes are looking good. Everything's ready to go. I'm ready to go racing. So um, just kind of playing the waiting game right now um, as, as well as everybody else. So we're, we're hanging in there. Yeah, we have a few races that have been canceled already, and it isn't looking too promising for the summer season but we're hoping for the best and just wait and see if some of these hills are going to open up um speaking of COVID-19 you work in the medical field yourself can you touch on how uh this pandemic is affecting your work um yeah no I, I do work in the medical field I uh work for Western Scientific and FastServe we are a, a small company that um, fixes hospital equipment, um, anything from exam tables to autoclaves, sterilizers. So you can imagine that's pretty essential right now. Um, we have slowed down quite a bit um, just because if we're only doing emergency calls rather than your typical preventative maintenance and uh, your contract type work, I guess you could say, just trying to limit the exposure of technicians and people um, doing our part. But uh, yeah, so I'm in the thick of it, doing doing the repairs and uh, staying busy. So, but just just really feeling fortunate to have a job. I know a lot of people are uh, out of work right now. So, um, you know, juggling juggling work and training and uh, trying to trying to stay healthy, just like doing like everybody else. Well, thank you for supporting the healthcare workers in our hospitals because that's a uh, super important right now. Um, you did just get back from riding this morning out at the track. No, a lot of tracks and riding areas are closed. I just got a message from a buddy that Stonyford closed yesterday, I think. And so what's uh, what's the deal? You got to the track this morning? Yeah, I feel very fortunate. I know a lot of the tracks in Southern California are actually closed, if not all of them. Um, here in the Bay Area, all the, all the tracks are closed. Um, drove up a little bit north into Marysville, um, and, and they start open. Um, they are taking... Um, Pretty serious precautions, just social distancing, parking six feet apart, limiting the amount of people they can come with. Um, you know, not no spectators unless you know you're a minor and need your parent to drive you. Um, stuff like that. But uh, you know, it's just for me, I'm just thankful that we got some tracks local to uh, continue our program, but just to, to really stay stay sane. I love riding my dirt bike and to get out there and go moto feels feels awesome. So. Shout out to the people in Marysville, hopefully the rest of uh, the state and, you know, the nation and everywhere else can follow suit and, you know, be able to practice this stuff because there's no reason that uh, I feel we shouldn't be, be able to go to these motocross tracks and, and, and ride during this whole pandemic. Yeah, definitely. That's a great that they're open for the families and riders like yourself. And as far as uh, a normal season when everything is open, how often do you go to the track, you know, a month or so? Because I know you go train quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I wish I could ride every day, but, uh, unfortunately, you know, gotta, gotta pay the bills somehow and we're not quite there with hill climbing yet. Um, but I try, try to get, try to get to the track. Um, if, if it's not the motocross track, but out, out on the hills, um, once or twice a week, um, 
depending on work, I might be able to get off work a little bit early um, and get, get off Wednesday or Thursday and, and get off to the tracks that are usually open and then um, one day on the weekend. And then, you know, in the meantime, hit the gym and prep bikes, wash bikes, change oil, just the, the usual stuff. What do you prefer more? Do you prefer the track or do you prefer going out to the hills like Carnegie? Uh, I get asked that a lot, actually. I, you know, what do you prefer more? You know, you uh, ride hill climb. It's pretty obvious that uh, you need a little bit of both, if not everything. You need to be a really well-rounded rider. Um, here in California, we have such dry, hot summers, and then you know you have this 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 wet kind of winter, and you get the still sunny and seventy-five degree weather um, after rain. So for me, it's all about you know making the most of your conditions. So in the summer, I try to ride a lot of motocross when when it's real dry out in the hills. So you go to the motocross track, it's watered, prepped, nice dirt. And then in the winter when the, the hills are green and nice and moist because of the rain, that's a, I try to take advantage of that. So it really just depends. Um, obviously right now our options are a little bit limited because of the uh, COVID-19 thing. thing. Um, but no, we're just do it, doing whatever we can to make it happen and stay on the bike. Yeah. I noticed you, you get out quite a bit and you, whether you're by yourself or with the crew, like you're always going out, making sure you're uh, still training. Um, going back as far as your race history, how old are you now? Twenty five. Jeez, twenty five. <laughs> so you've you've been racing amateur like skips back in the day. Like how? When did you start riding and racing? Man, I think my first hill climb was an amateur race at uh, at skips. Um, Carnegie here. Um, it was on a KTM SX125. I was 14 or 15, pretty, pretty young, um, but just not not super young. I never had an 85 extender or anything like that, but uh, right right on a, a, a big bike, but it was a, a 125. Um, I want to say, yeah, 14, 15. So what, what year would that be? Shoot, let me do the math. 2010-ish. Yeah. About there? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So that's when you started. That was about your first race. Yeah. That's yeah. when I first got into the sport myself. That's kind of crazy. I didn't know that. I thought you rode minis and stuff. When did you start ri- riding? started riding when I was three years old. So okay. I've been on a bike and stuff my yeah. whole life. Um, but just the, the racing or hill climbing aspect never never was supported by my parents or never uh, never never came came to till till later. Well, you guys went to the desert a lot and camped and rode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, camped every weekend, rode growing up. That was yeah. that's 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 just that was our pastime. That's what we did. Now, as far as um, racing, did you ever race motocross or hair scrambles or anything growing up? No, no. Actually, I never did any. The first the first sort of racing I ever did was at the hill climbs. Um, after I started racing hill climbs, I did start cross training and doing some. You know, amateur motocross races and uh, some hair scrambles and stuff like that just to uh keep keep sharp but uh no nothing no, nothing really serious or, or anything in the past like that so what brought you to the skips hill climbs um just being local really um you know carnegie is just kind of the, the the i wouldn't say hub but there's just a lot of a lot of hill climbs and we have that that great venue there uh, at carnegie um but wanted to wanted to compete i felt like i just loved love riding dirt bikes wanted to compete um, and it, what sold my parents on it was the non, non head to head. Like you got to race the hill, race the clock. Um, you weren't, you know, as, as far as motocross, you have, uh, you know, like a gate full of 40 guys all racing for the whole shot. Um, and that didn't appeal to my parents, which I, uh, can't say I blame them. Um, 
but that uh, that's what that's what I was able to sell them on on competing and started doing that and uh, it was no turning back since. Yeah, no kidding. Um, did, were there any riders that kind of inspired you to get going early on, or like pulled you out to the skips races? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, there's so many guys around uh, NorCal, but uh, um, Kenny Sandall and Davey Adams were just f- kind of family friends. Um, you know, out, out camping, we ran into my Frank Rains, you know, Carnegie camping for the weekend. I'm just out riding and just, you know, Hey, you gotta get, you gotta get your kid out there. You gotta get him to go ride. And finally talked him into it and then, uh, went and rode. And, you know, once, once you go once, you end up just meeting all these people. And it's, uh, a lot of them have been lifetime friends and family friends ever since. So we just, we're stuck now. Yeah. It's funny how, uh, there's a lot of good quality riders out here in NorCal. They're kind of all centralized around Carnegie. It seems like Carnegie has really bred a lot of champions and top athletes in the sport yeah and i don't know why exactly that is i think we uh we always talk about it a lot we have such a good group of riders that are uh, located here um i think it's kind of like you i feel like maybe um close to the billings aspect you have a lot of good guys in the in the billings area just because you have you know you have the great american you got the columbus hocom you have have the area so people you know if you got a good venue you're going to have people that are going to you know you know breed to the hill climbs i guess you could say and and want to want to go race um and so that aspect's going to make you train and practice but here here at carnegie and, and locally i guess you could say in the bay area there's just so many good guys we all all ride together quite a bit um i think we get to ride all year round um, which helps a lot um yeah, you're 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 here in California, and you get to take advantage of that. Uh, you guys keep pushing each other too. When you ride with some of the top guys, you you keep pushing each other's limits and climbing hills that you shouldn't be climbing. <laughs> I don't know about shouldn't be, but yeah, no, 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 no doubt. You're uh, for you're, guys like me. Though. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're uh, you're riding. No, you're right. Um, if you're riding with like you know, I'm saying riding with uh, Joe Shipman or Joseph Allnut or Kevin Newman, you're uh, like you know, hey, I'm gonna go race with these guys in two months, like. You know, you can't, you gotta, you gotta be flexing, I guess you could say a little bit and, and, uh, and, you know, and I push, push each other. Exactly. But I think, uh, we all love it and, uh, we try to bring our A game and, uh, I, I think the sport really feed, feeds off it and, uh, ho- hopefully people value it. I like it. I yeah. It. <laughs> well, and hopefully we keep seeing that with younger riders coming up the ranks that they kind of take suit of that as well. Um, so what was your first extended bike? My first true extended bike was a 1997 CR500. Um, we bought it from Davey Adams, I, I believe, yeah. Um, I rode it for a couple years. Um, Were you I, like 15 then? Yeah, 15, 14, 15. Doing an amateur, never – you had to be 16 to do the uh, the pro, pro stuff. But doing the, the Skips at Carnegie Amateur 0700 class. Um, always just ran a knobby, pretty short, but – I just remember hating it. I was really young and it was cold in the mornings. The thing vibrated super bad. Um, I feel like I couldn't even see, you know, the things just ding, 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 ding. You're like, your goggles, you couldn't, you couldn't see anything. Um, and it wasn't until I think the 450 class like, started coming about and it was a big deal. Um, and then once I was like, well, let's, let's screw this 500. Let's just get a 450 and I'll ride it in the 450 class and then ride it in the 0, 0700 class also because, you know, I'm 15 years old. I don't, you don't need a 500. A 450 you'll do. 
do the trick, <laughs> no doubt. And I think once I got rid of the 500, I haven't looked back since. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And then you, when did you turn pro? Were you 16? Uh, no, I was actually 15 and a half. Um, riding for Team Peterson, um, I got a letter of intent from Robbie Peterson, I guess you could say, just the rule was 15, 16. Um, I was going to turn 16 right at the end of the season, um, but during, you know, I wanted to ride, ride, ride the whole season, sorry, um, and got a letter of intent, just thought I was qualified, um, able to handle the bikes, um, professionalism, you know, the rest of the rest of the story, et cetera. Um, got the letter from them and that was, that was the first year when I was 15 and a half and I turned 16 at the, the very end of the year in September. Just racing 450s? Uh, no, I raced 450 and 700. And 700. No, uh, no open bike. What was your 700 bike then? It was a KTM 505 that was loaned to me okay. from Team Peterson actually. Oh, nice. So they, they noticed you pretty early on then. Yeah. Robbie actually noticed me riding at the Skips Pro-Am event. I don't know, maybe it was, maybe it was an April or mm-hmm. an October event or something. Okay. Maybe October event and the season started in, you know, April, May. Um, so we had the kind of the winter to plan stuff out. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably, probably what it was. Um, sorry, it's been a long time now. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's kind of how that happened. But, uh, man, so, so thankful that I, uh, crossed paths. No yeah. Doubt. No kidding. How, how is being on team Peterson? Cause I'm sure a lot of the newer riders in our sport don't, realize that you were with team Peterson, you know, when Robbie was ending his career, uh, you, you were on that team with Austin Fox and Brett Peterson. Yeah, man, it was, uh, it was a long time ago, man. It was, it was so rad though. It was, uh, it was, I didn't realize at first the, uh, what the severity, I guess you could say, um, what, what it entailed. Um, was that my first year pro, I was 15 and a half years old and then I'm under the, under the big tent immediately, which is like, just the coolest thing in the world, but, uh, you know, it's, a uh, intimidating and, uh, a lot of like big shoes to fill, but man, that so much respect for those guys. Um, I, I learned so much. A lot, I wouldn't be where I am without any one of them. Um, the, the whole team, just, uh, the amount of knowledge and experience behind them that I was able to soak up was just, um, you can't just invaluable. It's just, it's just, you know, I can't, uh, can't be more thankful for that. But, uh, yeah, it was like two, two years I, I rode with them, um, and just got to the point to where we were traveling all the races, my parents in the motorhome, and, uh, we've, you know, touched base on how much the NorCal riders are around. And, uh, my buddies, Max and Casey were traveling with us, you know, stopping at all the same truck stops and stuff on the way, you know, leaving out of the same area in California. So, uh, we just thought it made, made more sense to, uh, start, start something ourselves and, uh, that was that's where we're at now. Yeah, well, the team on Team Peterson they were the top. They are the top of the sport. Like they set the level, the standard of what the sport should look like as far as professionalism and their equipment. Um, so much R and D has been put into those the their equipment and their branding. Everything is top notch. So you did you ride an open bike the second year? Yeah, yeah, it was the second year. We built a uh, KTM. It was a 690 at that point in time. Um, we built that, and it was done up to a 790. It has to be 701 season up. Um, that we got through there. Single cylinder. Just cause I, was, I was pretty small back then, but really cool bike. It's really similar to the um, Husqvarna 701 now. 
um, same platform motor uh, from KTM, but really a cool, cool, cool bike. I think it'd actually make a really trick snow bike now. Um, but sold that to one of our uh, up and coming little groms. I guess he's not so little anymore, but Nathan Drondale, he's, uh, he's ripping it. But perfect size for him, perfect bike to get into, to ride an open bike, because man, they're, they're fast, they're scary, they're heavy. So that was really cool to uh, have that connection with KTM through Team Peterson and uh, the ability to build someone like that that uh, transferred me into to riding the big irons. Yeah, I think Barks. That's yeah. a big single cylinder. Was it on nitrous? Yep, yeah. I think things like 15, 15 horsepower shot of nitrous. Wow. Yeah, was a, I remember you raced that thing in Reno once. Thing is loud. <laughs> it's fast. It's fun. It's, uh, but it's light. It's light. Nimble. You know, yeah. got, you know, got a bunch of cylinders between your legs just got one one big one <laughs> yeah well it's cool to still see that bike out there so from team peterson you went and formed team unlimited with max and casey and um the powers that be so you guys hit it hard those first few years huh yeah no we uh went all out um, i think we we're having a lot of fun um just kind of doing things our own way uh had unlimited moto sports um jody who runs the the local shop here in livermore um, had, had his backing and used his name to form the team unlimited stuff. And we kind of, uh, I don't know, we felt like a little, like a posse almost <laughs> like we were traveling on the races, doing, doing stupid stuff and rental cars, I guess you could say. And, um, just, just having a good time and going to the races and really enjoying it. And man, I'm like, so, so thankful for those guys and those memories. Cause like, you can't get that stuff back. <laughs> like, it's just epic. And I think that's, uh, I mean, it's not what not what makes it fun, but what we do it. But you know, we are racing to uh, tough fun and make memories. So I appreciate that a lot. Yeah, it was fun to watch you guys hit the circuit hard and all being at the ages you guys were to have fun doing it too. The the professionalism was still there as far as on the the race course and at the venue, but um, you guys made sure you had fun along the way. And I think that was needed for our sport to kind of. Yeah, a little loosen up a little bit. Yeah, for I think loosen up, and I, I forgot to mention it. Um, I don't want to say loosen up, but around that time, um, it's kind of like you know our whole mentality with Team Unlimited was like we're gonna race everything. You know, we're gonna do Rockwell, we're gonna do Naha, we're gonna do um, this is before Moto Climate. We're gonna do we're gonna do all of them. You know, I don't want to be on the board. I don't want to be affiliated. Um, and that was our whole life. We're just just love love racing our bikes up hills and want to have fun and you know keep keep the vibe keep the vibe just happy and happy and positive and i think a lot of people saw that and, and enjoyed it and uh man I, I still that's what i uh try to bring to the table every every event and throughout the rest of my life really i think yeah definitely with the big wrap trailer and all the pit shirts and the the matching bikes and uh you guys did an awesome job uh when was the last year you guys all three were racing oh man probably 16 2016 16 yeah four years ago i bet yeah yeah and it was all three of us too it was uh it's rad and both both max and casey have actually came out and raced since we uh stopped doing the full series together um and both killed it did phenomenal um but you know work and and life take 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 you different places sometime but max is building bikes coming back racing um Casey will always be around, and I'm sure he'll always just throw a leg over 450 and come out and do some work. <laughs> yeah, that was a stacked team. There's a lot of talent on that crew. Now, when was your first championship? Because you've you've won quite a few, and you've won some big races as well. So when was your like first big race win, maybe? 
I think like the biggest, like most memorable one I can ever like that'll like stick out for me is my first um, first Pogues hole win was huge. It's my first and only won it in seventeen or eighteen, maybe it was seventeen, seven, seventeen, yeah. And that was the same year I won the NHA Open Championship too. Um, Casey won it in sixteen. Okay. Yeah, and then you won it. Yeah. yeah, but it was like that. That year was like it stuck out to me. Like, like I'm a dominant force. Um, I guess you could say. Like, mm-hmm. I never like try to let it get to my head, but just to uh, a confidence booster. You know, you got the Pogues hole win, just like the coveted. You know, like just it's a, just the hardest race I think to win on a on a hill climb bike. It's a it, Super Bowl. It, it is a super Super Bowl hill climb, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, so to win that and then also get the the NHA Open X Championship that year was just like pff, that, that was all I need and that kind of like changed my mindset on hill climbing and just um, kind of pushed me to, to to treat it a little different and um, train a little bit and take take it serious like hey this is this this is the real deal and we're mm-hmm. racing for racing for championships and that that number one is pretty darn cool. So did you have a training program before uh, you won those big events or those championships? Yes and no. I always like, you know, saw the Supercross guys training and everybody, uh, you know, you got it to, to do at this level. This is what you got to do. And I, you know, always tried to, we used to work out at a Max's house and do a little gym workouts, but I was like 17, 18 years old. Like, I didn't, you know, it's just, yeah, yeah, I worked out, um, went for mountain bike rides, went to the motocross track. I, I did all that aspect, but never, like, really did the, the diet, monitored sleep, and, you know, did did the full deal till recently. And I think that uh, it's partially just getting older and being more responsive in my body. But when you start getting hurt and injured, um, you, you realize, like, hey, this is the real deal. And, you know, your body's, your body's a temple. And, um the reason I get to do what I love to do is because of my body. So, yeah. No, that's uh, definitely noticeable. I see you putting a lot of work into that part of it. And it's interesting that, you know, it took those kind of big wins to make you get serious on the training aspect. Cause I think that's a lot, a bit underrated in our sport. You still get guys that don't train much that do well, but to be consistent is the, the big difference for training. Yeah, no, um, it, there's, there's always natural talent and hill climbing, you know, it's not, you're not, you're, you're maybe 30 seconds max at a time. Um, granted that the side-by-side stuff, you are going back to back, but, um, I don't know, tra- training brings you a whole different aspect in your life. You usually feel better. Um, you, uh, up, upbeat, you know, you're confident, you know, that you put the work in. So there's a lot to be said behind the training aspect, but, um. Any athlete will tell you that. So, you know, you know natural skill, um, hard work, whatever, whatever the combination may be. But you got to find what works for you. And I, I know that at the bottom of the hill before I go ride, it's it's nice to know that I was hitting the gym and, and being consistent and work, working my butt off because uh, it, that's what I want to do and I want to go win. So it uh, help, helps me in that aspect, I guess you could say. Yeah, you don't leave anything for chance. Um, I just had a flashback. The first time I met you was with Ryan Maggie back at Carnegie, like probably 2013, 2012. 2012, maybe. Yeah, we we were trail riding. And how old were you then? I don't know. 
15? Yeah, you're, you're about then. Yeah. And Ryan's like, oh, let's just go on this trail ride with, you know, Logan and his dad. I'm like, oh, Logan, I've seen him at the races. But so we, we go out and you were hitting these lines and these hills, untouched hills that were just so, my mouth dropped. And then we, we went on a trail ride and my mouth dropped. So uh, natural talent, that would, that's what made me remind myself of it. Uh, natural talent is a big part of this. Um, not only just climbing hills, but trails and motocross and kind of being well-rounded is, is such a huge aspect. And, and if you have that mental strength, you know, through training that that's a killer combo. Yeah. I, I, I like to think so, but, but like I said, you know, everybody's got their, their magic recipe, I guess you could say. And, uh, I, uh, I don't know. It just, you know, it, it all depends. Um, here, here with the, uh, the, the, COVID-19 thing, the gyms are closed. I've uh, kind of, you know, I don't ha- don't have much of a home gym. I got a rowing machine. I'm like a Bowflex. <laughs> um, but just been hitting, hitting runs and just staying on the bike. Um, haven't been like doing any hardcore training or diet or anything like that, but just staying healthy and really just kind of making sure that whenever this thing does pass that I'm, I'm really as ready as I can be to go, to go race. But mm. um, yeah, natural talent. I mean, I don't know what else you can say. Everything. <laughs> Yeah, riding dirt bikes. Yeah, it's very true. Going, uh, let's talk about X Games because when we all got the word that X Games was happening, this was end of 2017, the first X Games. Very end of 2017. Yeah, like, like only a month night. before. <laughs> Super last night. Yeah, I got I got a phone call and thought it was like a hoax. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. There was only eight guys. I think you messaged me and. Austin Cardwell messaged me like uh, this something's happening here and like nobody expected it to happen yeah. and no one was ready for it obviously because bikes weren't ready and... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what happened that first year of Winter X Games um, yeah like I said it was a super last minute um, that just I mean not that I wasn't pumped to go or anything like that but uh, I was actually in the process of building my 1290 which was convenient but inconvenient <laughs> inconvenient i guess you could say at the same time um just because we were so far away from being done from the 1290 that like we knew we couldn't get it done in time but like i still wanted to try to get it done so we were like juggling trying to get a bike ready because it had to be a, a v-twin naturally aspirated um 701 cc and bigger bike um so borrowing bikes, figuring things out, I ended up just accepting, you know, like two weeks before, like, all right, my, my 1290 is not going to be done. Like, there's no way, like the plastics and nothing was mounted. Like the thing didn't even start. <laughs> like, okay, 1290 is out of the picture. We're going to ride this Harley, which, uh, Kurt Winter, who built my 1290, um, the chassis, he was, uh, Hey, you know, this, this, he's got a Harley. It'll, it'll, it'll work. Um, and I'm like, heck yeah. Like I need a bike. So committed with that. Um, did really minimal like preparation really just uh you know we read the read the requirements you ran studs or screws in the front knobbies and then he already had a bolted dominator and a uh a fender on it and so i just literally put a uh, put a bigger countershaft sprocket on it um just so the thing would go as fast as possibly could and showed up um and long, long story short, ran, ran <laughs> qualifying, and uh, the thing I think it was like the coil was wet or something, so it was only really running on like one one cylinder, was c- cutting yeah. in and out. Um, but you know, it did, did like I didn't qualify last, so it's like whatever. 
um, let's do this thing in the main. Got it running really good, so I felt confident. Um, but really what screwed me up was during qualifying, it was warm, and the snow mm. the snow is like real soft. Um, and this is just inexperience. Um, you know, we live in the Bay Area. It doesn't ever snow here. Never really ridden in the snow other than a handful of time up in the hills. But anyway, the snow was soft um, in qualifying, and during the main event, I was like, you know, we need to try something different. It's X Games, you know, we gotta gotta do it, right? So, uh, so hey, the snow's soft. Like, you know, you don't need the the metal, the the bolts, or the spikes to uh, to get traction. Let's, let's take the spikes out and just run a run a knobby. It's gonna be lighter, less rotating mass, whatever. You know, have this whole whole theory behind it. Um, long story short, it got really cold for the main event that night. Um, it was super icy at the bottom of the hill, um, and just dumped the clutch, and the thing just lit up and. Almost did like a 360 at the line, <laughs> just because <laughs> this thing was like revved out, so rev limiter like not going anywhere. But uh, yeah, just you live and you learn. But that gave you a lot of motivation for the following year, 2019. Yeah, games. Following year, yeah. And experience, because yeah, experience, yeah, everything else. You weren't the only one that first year that was unprepared with bikes and bike setups because a lot of guys never rode their open bikes in the snow <laughs> yeah no doubt no doubt so 2019 was a totally different story yeah 2019 and the, re- the rest of the 2018 season I actually ended up getting the uh, the 1290 done rode the, the whole series the moto climb super series won the championship on the that new 1290 um won the back-to-back um open championship that year on the 1290 first year so i was feeling really confident on that new bike going into the 2019 x games regardless but having that knowledge of uh, just rear tire setup and everything else was the biggest thing. And I did did some training and preparation up in Tahoe and, you know, like figured the thing out, got the bike to run right at altitude, you know, figure out the right rear tire setup, gearing, all that stuff really makes a huge difference. Um, so that, that was really what, what I think changed changed the game from mm-hmm. the, the two years for me. Um, but, you know, for the most part, just just thankful to go. Um, that, was, that was the biggest thing just because it, so cool so cool being on that stage and being an x games athlete just something i'll never forget yeah that first year you you had a monster energy helmet on too that was like a, i knew it was a little temporary deal um that was pretty cool because our sport doesn't see that often so the fact that you got to to wear that that logo was a pretty big deal yeah I, as far as an athlete goes i think that's the uh that's the pinnacle you know you want that energy drink energy drink helmet red bull monster you name it um rock start yeah whatever it be that's the uh, that's the, the money and that's the dollars but uh that was so cool i'll, I'll keep that helmet on my on my wall forever um just to to have that um and who knows you know those those relationships and, and emails and numbers you, you never lose or forget so hopefully uh here in the future we can get get these guys uh on board for the the moto climb hill climb aspect of things yeah that'd be great and we keep making a lot of pushes for that. It was great that you opened up that door and they picked you or solid athlete to pick for uh, representing monster. Um, so 2019 won the gold medal. I'm guessing that's your career highlight. Yeah. probably X games gold medal. Yeah. No, but then it's uh, crazy. And HA round one followed in April mm-hmm. after that. And I had just a phenomenal performance. Yeah, I was riding well. I think I was just had that had that gold medal confidence mm-hmm. <laughs> starry eyed. I don't know what was going on, but I, you know, caught three seconds or three firsts in one second, almost swept the, the event and that. So those, those four or five months were uh, pretty, pretty good. 
in in my life. Yeah. No, that's uh and then shortly after that, unfortunately, in almost a year to the day, um, after this podcast is recorded, yeah, mid April about you you had that injury that set you back last season, huh? Yeah, yeah. It was right after the round one of the uh Naha and HA series coming off, you know, all those wins, but stayed stayed riding the motocross track. It was April twentieth, um, out at Hangtown Motocross. Um, just dabbed my knee on the ground, hitting a right hand corner, and uh, man, really just just popped. And I, I knew what it was. I've been dealing with a knee injury for a while, um, but just the severity of that was just it, it was I couldn't even walk really without a knee brace on. Like it was just sketchy. The thing was wobbling, making nasty noises. Did you um, crash? Never crashed. Never even went down. Uh, I wish I would have. I wish I would have just kept my feet on the pegs and took it to the shoulder and you know broke broke a collarbone or something. But mm-hmm. You know, hindsight, you know, you want to just keep your foot out. But, you know, just watch the front end. Um, just it's always a stupid little crap that I get you. Man, so you had surgery how far after that? Uh, I was I was bummed just because I had to go through my insurance. I mean, I, I have Kaiser. Not, no, no, nothing against them at all. They were actually really good. But you have to go through all their requirements and um, prelims, I guess you can say. Uh, they want to they want to make sure it's worthwhile um, for you to get the surgery. Um, so it, it was April 20th that I tore it. I had a appointment at the minor injury clinic a week after that. Um, said, hey, okay, we'll, we'll we'll give you X-rays today. Obviously, I knew nothing was broken. I, I walked in there. Um, yeah, okay. Well, if, I, I can tell your knees loose. You know, we'll get you an MRI. Your MRI is scheduled for two weeks from now. I'm like, what? Like. Two more weeks. I know, you know, the longer that you delay this thing, like the longer, you know, that's the longer it's going to be to ride a dirt bike again. Um, but anyway, got, got the MRI done. Yep. Sure enough, you have a torn ACL. You have a little bit of a meniscus tear, lateral, something or another. Um, what do you, do you want to get surgery or do you think, you know, if you don't really need your uh, full, full use of your knee, you could probably strengthen it back up and get it to 80%. Um, you know, what do you want to do? I'm like, hey, you know, I, I've been dealing with this for a long time. I, I want to get this fixed. Like, just let's get it done. Um, so, scheduled surgery for May thirty first, um, and yeah, it's almost been a year. How long was that recovery? That's <laughs> that's current recovery. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't recovered yet. I was actually just talking to my buddies. Like, yeah, I'm a little tender after uh, after riding moto, but it's been eleven months. Um, I was in physical therapy scheduled for eight months after that. Uh, but just probably one of the most brutal injuries I've had just because of how, um, you're so, um, just unmobile and like your knee is just completely just ruined after how mm. evasive the surgery is. So it's, uh, it was gnarly to come back from, but, uh, you know, it's, I, I kind of use it as an ulterior motive to, uh, to, to stay healthy and, you know, get into the gym and, uh, get that, uh, I'm coming back mindset. Um, I had no idea that I would have this long until the first round just mm-hmm. because of uh we're a little delayed right now but uh yeah we're, we're we're doing it. Well, glad to see you back and healthy and continue to train. Um as far as this year goes, what were your plans going to be, you know, for 2020 besides, you know, before all this happened, all the races got canceled. What was your your you know, game plan for schedules and series and whatnot? Yeah, I was uh, I was really planning on um, hitting them all. I was gonna uh, I was gonna come out swinging just because I just was missed the races the whole year with my uh, my injury the, all the whole summer. I was like, you know, planning my planning my comeback, and uh, 
allocated things with vacation and time off to really come back and hit all the races I wanted to do the full moto climb super series want to do the full NHA series um probably dabble with uh if not all most of the Rockwell races as well um you know just just because why not I got the bike set up um ready to go let's go let's go racing so I was, I was really really planning to hit them all and I mean not not down yet we still have the rest of the summer it's, it's April so ho- hopefully we get to uh get to go racing at some point yeah we also had that trip planned to France at the uh, USA Moto Climb team and Joe Shipman, Austin Tyler, and Harold Waddell, but yeah, we'll see how things are looking out there in France. They're getting hit hard as well, and we're just taking it a week at a time before we make any quick decisions, but uh, that was going to be an epic trip as well. If we go, we might go still, but who knows? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've actually never been... I've, I've traveled out of the country for vacation, but never actually been abroad um, overseas for that matter, but never been overseas either to race. So I was, I was ready. Um, it'd been, been an experience for sure. But, uh, regardless, I'm, I'm hoping it happens. Um, if not this year, maybe next year, but, um, yeah, looking forward to that. No doubt. Have you ever had the desire to race a East coast AMA race? Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Um, especially here recently after watching Logan Sapala go over there and do it. Um, especially how well he did on a gas bike with more of a West Coast style, I guess you could say, um, setup-wise with his bike. Um, yeah, I think to go over there and do that would be awesome. Um, I think it'd be a learning curve, to say the least. So it's almost like I'd want to go do a couple and kind of get things figured out because you know how much different with bike setup, um, gear, you know, gearing, um, just, just everything. Um, I know when I, we go to Pogues Hole that the humidity is super real. Um, and that, you know, we're, we're not riding for that long, but when you're just like in your helmet sweating and everything else, like, um, just everything, everything about that is, is a little different. So to, uh, to go do that, I'd want, I'd want to go do and do a couple, but I think, uh, to go do it would be pretty bad. Yeah. Maybe sick. Some of those hills are gnarly too. Like Freemansburg, I, I, did the amateur race there last year with Molly Carbon, and that's a big hill. It looks uh, on an open bike, and someone way more talented than me, it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think I, th- those hills. I think um, would be really fun. Um, Freemansburg looked looked just badass, um, fast, um, technical too. Um, I, mean, I, I mean, obviously, you know, videos never do justice either. But no, I'd I'd really I'd really be. Uh, keen on getting out there um but it's just matter getting bikes out there um Mm -hmm. and 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 everything else and travel but um i would say for sure sometime in the future if not this coming up here next year or whatever who who knows yeah we'll have to get a few west coast guys out to in a van or in a truck trailer and load them up and hit up an ama race as is there any races that you haven't won yet or you really want to win again like anything in the u.s that just haunts you when you go to bed. <laughs> yeah, pokes pokes hold. I wanna I wanna win that one. So I, I have I won it once, but man, to to win to win that one is like just the coolest thing ever. Um, no doubt, pokes is always one. I, I it'll keep me coming back to. Um, without a widowmaker, I feel like I've just kind of got just the 
short end of the stick on that one. I guess you could say, oh, everybody did, you know. But I, I made it to the top of that darn thing two years in a row, like 907 feet, like all the way to the top, um, and then sh- shut it down the very next year. So I just feel like I got a little left for that, that son of a gun. But, <laughs> um, I mean, I, all the races, man, shoot, I'm a racer. I want to go win. <laughs> they usually don't show up for second. No, you don't. And I think that's why uh, you've done so well because you have that mental aspect. Um, now, what series? Like you raced the Moto Climb Super Series two years ago, and um, you won the championship. You kind of walked away with it, winning every single overall that year. What do you think of that series? Because uh, I helped run it with the other promoters. What do you think of that series, and and where do you see it going in the future? Do you have any? you know, opinions on it or what, what can we do better? Yeah. I, I really liked the layout of the series. Um, I like a lot of things. I'll start with the layout. Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense as far as a spectator aspect and to get it into like a, a TV format ready kind of deal. Um, I think, you know, people show up, they show up because they want to see the, the big bikes. They want to watch the open bikes and they want to watch the side-by-side. Um, so having the MotoClimb format base the overall winner off those two classes and kind of really focus on those two classes, um, not saying those are my favorite classes and I want to do away with the other ones at all, but just having the, the spotlight be on those and the, the advertising on those two classes, that's what people want to see, the hill climbing wants to see. That's it. it it's exciting um, for, for the spectators. Um, so I could really, I see that the future going more that route. And so that's, what's appealing about it. But, um, like I said, I, I like the 700 class. I like the, just the regular 450 exhibition, you know, that the regular class too. So I, I don't want to do away with other classes at all either. Um, that, that appeals. I think the Hills really appeal to me. Obviously I'm a, I'm a sucker for the Carnegie venue. It's, it's close <laughs> for one, but I just, I, I like it. I've been riding there my whole life. So that that's one, but I really enjoyed, um, yeah, brick, brick mine, um, was, was awesome. Um, just a really, really cool location. And same with Bay cities, um, Wisconsin that I love that the dirt there was really cool. It was, um, reminding me of a, of my local sand track actually just this moist, like cool, really cool dirt. Um, and a cool hill too. Um, that and obviously pokes pokes all speaks for itself too but um that that's really what i'd like to see as far as doing better i don't i don't i don't know <laughs> i guess i could go as a sport in general like what do you think the sport needs to work on what do you think of the athletes and yeah what because uh, as one of the top riders it's important to get feedback from you guys and what you see needed and i we try our hardest as promoters to give you guys what you need and help grow you guys as athletes. Yeah. Um, you know, well, what I, you know, for athletes, it's, it's hard. And I've really been trying to make a sincere effort here recently, but just like getting content out and like showing our bikes and, and, and what we're all about is getting people excited. And I think that'll turn heads as, as far as sponsors and everything else. But, uh, for the sport itself, um, I, I, we, we have too many professional series on the West Coast, um, and it's confusing for people, but it's also um, you're, you're losing out on, on venues and dates and sponsors, for that matter. And if you can't 
there's not enough wealth to go around in such a small area on the West Coast to have literally three professional professional sanctioning bodies, I guess. Um, so I'd really just like to see, really just to, to, to kind of minimize this and come together somehow, some way. Um, I, I know a lot of it comes with politics and promoters and people wanting no metal, nitro only, anything goes, you know, everybody's got their own rhyme or reason and, you know, all, all with, uh, you know, understanding and there's a lot of history and stuff that goes behind it. But, uh, I, I think it'd be nice to just kind of figure out a common ground and, and, and move forward and really try to take advantage of, of this cool sport that we got and the people we got in it and to come together. I mean, we all go race the same bikes. Um, yeah, somebody's got different tire, maybe some different fuel, but let's uh, let's figure it out, guys. Open is open. <laughs> Hell yeah. Now, as, uh, how has social media impacted your racing career, and how has it, do you think, grown the sport recently in the past few years? Um, social media, yeah, I've always tried to do a good job with it just because I understood the, the importance with – trying to keep it professional and also like get get our bikes out there and the interest to keep it sparked but here recently i, I have been trying to make a sincere effort with with instagram um primarily um just because a, a lot of sponsors are on there and uh to to keep to keep in touch and to you know keep the excitement alive about the bikes training myself um the series the sport um i just noticed that you know that's that's the best way to let people see what we're doing, um, really, um, you know, back in the day, we've had, we've had a couple TV segments, a couple, uh, magazine stuff. Um, but really, you know, just the amount of people that are on it and will see, you know, I've, I've had people come up to me, um, Oh, you, you know, you're, you're Logan Mead, you're on Hill Climbs and they know about it just cause their friend tagged me, tagged them in a picture of me riding my 1290 or something, you know? And it's like stupid stuff like that, um, goes, goes like a long way. Um, so I think that's changed. Um, it's made it different. I try to not let it like take over. Um, there's a bunch of times that I go out and don't take any videos or, you know, don't take any pictures on my phone just cause I love riding. Um, and I'll always love riding my dirt bike. Um, but you know, like you're, you're out there climbing a hill and just, you know, have your buddy shoot, shoot, shoot a, shoot a vid, shoot a picture and throw it up on the gram. Like it takes two seconds. You know, you don't, you know, overthink it. I used to think I, you know, I needed this great content and everything else. Um, but really just, just getting the stuff out there. Is, yeah. It's is so easy. It's so simple. You just said it best. Just have a buddy take a video on your phone and climb a hill, go around a berm on the track and simple as that. Share it to the world. The more the merrier. Yeah. Got, got a new, you know, got a big old new dominator on the, on, on the back of your bike. You know, mm -hmm. they, they look gnarly and badass. you know, to take a picture. Um, exactly. Just, just little stuff like that. But, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's changed the sport necessarily. Um, I think everybody still has the same goals. We, we still mm -hmm. still ride the same. Yeah. Um, bikes are evolving, but that's been going on well before social media age. Yeah, and riders are getting you know more versatile with the motocross or m more motocross format of tracks that we have. But guys like Travis Whitlock and Dusty Beer still pull together great runs and they've been racing every generation of, you know, competitor in the past three decades or so. So it, it you know, the goal is to get to the top the fastest. So <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no, uh, 
there's no discrepancy or anything on uh, getting on top of the hill the quickest. It's uh, it is what it is. However, it's done. Yeah, definitely. Now, as as far as uh, we kind of touched on a little bit, cross training and riding. Is there anything specific though that you see that helps the most in the hills? Oh, um, helps the most in the hills, like just climbing hills with both your buddies. I, I, yeah, or is there like anything that you work on that? Um, that has helped you get to the point you're at yeah at the races I, I try to adapt a lot of like what i what i see on motocross guys because the, the body positioning and and wh- where you set up your 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 controls as far as clutch and, and front brake and stuff like that um so I've, I've tried to adapt that a lot in the hills but i think what really helps me is seat time you know you uh you figure out how to uh, make the motorcycle work the best with you and jive the best with you, I guess you could say when, when you're on it more. Um, and there's no, there's no, no replacement for seat time. And I think really that's, that's the biggest thing just going out there and, and riding and, you know, riding with people maybe faster than you and just kind of, you know, I always, always use a good opportunity you know, somebody way faster on the track to kind of, you know, let them go by, but then dive in behind them and try to pick up on, on their lines and seeing seeing what they're doing that's working or you know if your buddy's out there climbing a hill and he's able to to get up there like see you know hey what was is he hitting the, you know hitting the bottom with a bunch of momentum or wheeling over that ledge or you know what what is it that's working so really just try to be open-minded but just go out there and ride that's what that's what i found no that's what i've heard from many and um now as a guy who doesn't race other sports necessarily you don't race motocross you don't race hair scrambles or off-road much uh actually you have raced that hair scramble a couple years ago (laughs) what happened with that because i i've heard this story before but remind me you got which which one i raced the the d36 not the uh, team race but uh, the one where you got like bumped to c class or something because you you could race you know yeah, yeah, yeah. A or B, you know, obviously A or double yeah. A at a lot of these races, but they bumped you to C. I, that's why I was always a little scuffle while going on racing these things. But yeah, I went to go sign up for a District 36 uh, hair scramble. Um, and I don't have a District 36 membership. I do have an A membership. Um, I went to go sign up and, oh, have you ever done a, a hair scramble before? No. Um, have you done a district, you know, have you done a, dist- are you a District 36 member? No. And I'm like, but you know, I was, I was told that I should sign up directly for B, you know, just to get into B class just because I shouldn't be in C. But long story short, like they were arguing with me about it. So I'm like, all right, sign me up for C, whatever. Anyway, um, somebody either said I, I cut the track or I won by too much for either way they disqualified me. So <laughs> I don't think I cut the track. I think I just worked the C class, which is understandable. But yeah, so I haven't raced a hair scramble since. <laughs> yeah, you don't, believe, you don't belong in that C class, but... I always thought that was funny. You just loaded up and left. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 yeah. Um, are there any other bikes that race bikes that you'd like to throw a leg over? Like any, just in, in just any extended bikes, any extended bikes, anyone else is out there that you just like itch to try out. Yeah. There's, I forgot who exactly. Somebody's got a really cool looking EX 650, with like a bunch of nitrous that they like dump in that thing that looks really fast. Mm-hmm. I, forgot. I forgot who that. I want. I really want to ride that, or I want to ride John Kester's six hundred on hundred percent nitrous, <laughs> or Harold Waddell's GS Jixer six hundred. Yeah, those are the three bikes. That if you could, if I could 
fucking ride them. Just Let's, test ride yeah, her, yeah. Just to, <laughs> just to, just to race. <laughs> There's something about Harold 600. We talked about that with Austin. That was his number one pick, too. Harold 600 is just the nastiest. I know. I know. Just, it's set up so cool, too. It just, uh, yeah. just looks awesome. sounds good. And the way he rides it. Yeah. Just makes it <laughs> look so easy. He does ride that thing good. What are your most memorable runs? I know we talked about that, but any big crashes? Like, I think I've only seen you crash twice on the hill in the racing. You know, I think... Yeah, I've, cr- I've crashed quite a few times. Like, difference between crashing and laying over. Yeah, yeah. One um, day I crash really hard. I mean, I've crashed really hard on a dirt bike a bunch of times, but particularly on extended bike... Huh. One did I crash really hard. I had one. Oh, Pokes Hole two years ago. Oh, yeah, Pokes Hole. Dude, you sent the gap. It just stopped you. Almost like a Josh Hill last year, right? I saw his video. He kind of like, I tried to like double that second road and land way, like way far up there. Um, And literally just, yeah, just landed whenever it was. It stopped you fast. Yeah, I wasn't, I didn't hurt. Luckily, it was soft. Yeah. And I, I kind of knew it was coming and just, just accepted it. Mm-hmm. Really. <laughs> One of the I did I did fall pretty hard at Columbus one time. Kind of hit my noggin good. But fortunately, I've been really, knock on wood, been, been pretty thankful. I usually try, try to ride. Yeah, do you ride it over your head ever? Like in the, in the mind of Logan Mead. Yeah. Like, do you go 90% when you're in racing mode just so you don't crash? Because talking to Austin, he, you know, he's learned to tone it back a little bit to be more consistent. But do you kind of, like, push the limits of Logan Mead or do you, yeah. like, tone it back a little bit? I don't know. I, I feel like as I get older and depending on the circumstances, you know, is it a championship run or what to do is. But I feel like I always ride at, you know, maybe, maybe 90, 95% to 98%. Like, hundred percent. I just, I, I think I'm really honestly pretty scared of getting hurt. Like, man, I hate hitting the ground and it hurts. Like, on, I wouldn't say, yeah, like nightmare status. Like I just, I don't want to get hurt. Um, so I, I think, you know, you're usually safe if you're, you know, you're always pushing the limit riding these bikes, but just, man, if, if it's, I'll, I'll, I'll lose a tenth of a second and let off a little bit for the ledge, I think sometimes. Um, but you know, we're a racer and if it's, it's for that championship or you, you want that win that day then uh, things change. So, you know, I mean, we're all guilty of it. We, we push the envelope and right over our head, but I try, try to minimize it for sure. Yeah, no, it shows in your uh, riding style and your race wins and championships. Now, as far as your race program, I know you train and consistently and you guys get your, your, your dad is a huge part of your race program. Um, as far as getting your bike set up, your bikes are always dialed. You know, they not only look good, but they run good. Um, what What are the top aspects of your program, race program? Like, what are the things that you guys never go to the races without? No, there's there's a lot of different things you never go to the races without. But uh, really, just you know, the the prep work I'd say is like the the biggest thing. You know, like how how much do you put into it is what you're going to get out of it type of deal. That's what I've always always kind of preached. Um, but my dad's huge, huge on the, the, the maintenance and, and motor aspects of the bikes. My stuff always usually runs phenomenal and I'm, I'm grateful for that. Um, but we would put in the work, you know, during, during the off season and make, make sure the bikes are running well. Um, just as far as tuning, re- rebuilding stuff, um, preventatively, you know, not, 
not not waiting until uh, that 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 high compression piston's been in there for two seasons. You know, like get get that thing out and service and checking valves. But he's been he's been on that aspect of things. But for me, I've been been uh, you know I, I I he's got the motors and I really take care of the chassis and, and tire setups, wheels, length, all the rest of the suspension. Just really just kind of everything to make the bike what I want it to be and comfortable for me. Um, but doing, doing that, all that combination and, and making sure we're, uh, set up and, and feeling good and just, just everything. There's so much that comes into play, but I, I, I'd say, say that the bike preparation on both, both our ends and, uh, the confidence with the, uh, behind the scenes training and, and riding and just, just having my stuff ready really is, is, is for me the, the biggest thing. Like we said earlier, you guys don't leave anything for chance. Yeah, no, you, you know, I don't. I mean, we're, we're here to have fun. We're here to uh, here to uh, to race and stuff happens. But you know, it's uh, let's let's show up and try to do our best and, and race for that race for that win. You know, you don't you don't want to show up and uh, oh, you know, we we only put enough into it, and you know, I'd, I'll be happy with you know fifteenth. It's like no, it's you you know, even though you have days that you get fifteenth, but it's uh, don't 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 leave anything on the table. Give give it all. As far as um, your full-time job, how does that impact your time practicing on the bike? You know, coming back from a long day of work, I know you spend a lot of time on the road. You go, you cover a huge swath of NorCal. Um, you're tired, you know. You've been eating on the road or whatever. What do you, you know, how does that affect your practicing? Yeah. And your race schedule too. Yeah. Race schedule's a little gnarly. Luckily it's my parents' company that I work for. Um, so they're obviously understanding with that time off. So that's huge. Um, but working a full-time job and trying to train, um, and just race at at the top, top level, anybody that's done it will tell you it's, it's pretty, pretty gnarly. Um, literally the, the level that, uh, a lot of these guys are at, um, is it's a full-time job. Just, not not necessarily the the bike stuff, but then you got the behind the scenes um, sponsorship stuff, the the emails, um, all, everything really. But uh, just really, you know, we're working, driving all day. Um, I I would try to make sure I, I uh, really go to bed at a decent time, um, just so I am like I'm capable of working, getting up early and working most of the day. And I try to uh, if it's early morning, I'll, I'll I'll get up, go to work, and just try to get a, get a gym session in the afternoon after work. And then, you know, maybe do some bike work or whatever else. Um, or if I, some, some days are different, you know, I'm working more local and I don't need to be in until eight. I'll just jam off the gym in the morning. And, uh, that way I can take my time at work and do the rest of the stuff. But you know, it's, it's just, like I said, you get out of it, what you put into it. And, uh, I enjoy it. I, uh, I, I like the grind and it, uh, keeps me honest and, uh, yeah, you work, work hard, play hard. Now you mentioned like some of the top pros probably referring to Supercross too in their training regimens. How it is a full time job? Do you watch? Yeah, I know obviously you watch Supercross a lot, but what are like your top riders that you like to follow? Um, man, I'm a fan of all these guys. Just the the level of riding is, those dudes are just it's like unreal. Um, I try to mimic a lot of their um, training and, and and what they do with setups and stuff, um, but. Man, I, I love just Ken Roxon. Obviously, everybody loves that guy. He, he rides phenomenal. I like, I like how smooth he rides. It seems like he almost rides like a gear high. Like he's never on the rebel motor. Like he's always always riding kind of like a gear high, low, low RPM, really controlled. 
Um, I love watching his aspect, and I think I think his, his social media is funny and everything else. Um, but I, I'm, I like uh, obviously every every likes Team Fried Jason Anderson. His uh, his whole mentality is really cool. I like I try to bring the same same aspect into my my program and social media too. But just uh, have fun. Try to be that uh, like that that the real real life person that that's um, like like just like you and I that. Uh, I like, I like that mentality a lot. Um, and then just, just here recently, um, since Rella came up, I mean, obviously I've been a fan of him in the 250 days, but seeing him mature and then ride into the 450 class um, and how he adapted so well and his speed is really cool to watch. So I, I'd say those are my, my three three guys. It's been it's been hard it's Saturday today, and like I know all I got all I got is this lame podcast. So, <laughs> <laughs> to so, do. You're telling me <laughs> no supercross tonight? No, I'm just kidding. No, as far as uh, Anderson, he's one of my favorites too. But he just left the Baker Factory. If you saw that, I don't know. If... Yeah, I did. I saw his saw his IG post. Um, do you think that has to do with his mentality and just trying to free himself a little bit and be more independent? Yeah, and I mean. People are, people are always going to have their own opinions, but you know he uh, you got to do what works for you. And if he believes that works, um, obviously the dude grinds like regardless. Like he may like pose on Instagram, you know, like party scene and takes all this stuff for granted. But I mean, you can't argue with results. Like the guy, the guy is consistently he works hard. up there. Like he he definitely gets it. And uh, you know who knows? Uh, there might be pressure with Cooper and Marv coming back or. You know, I, who knows what the what the real deal is, or if he really just he just wants to change the pace. But no, too, you got, got to respect the guy. It's his decision, his career. And clearly, he uh, seems to be doing just fine. So, yeah, definitely, he, it's always fun tracking those guys on social media. Um, to wrap things up, I have a couple more questions for the amateur riders that are listening, or the young Groms that are coming up the ranks. What do you? What's your advice for them if they want to go pro one day, or? any tips for them that they can implement in their program now to see results down the line? Yeah. Um, keep your parents happy. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, yes, that's, that's a major part of it. Um, you know, there's a life after riding. I know Robbie told me this when I was a kid, but everything else, but you know, do good in school and, and make sure that, uh, you, you understand that, uh, riding's like an extra, it's always like an extracurricular. It should be, it should be the, not not a privilege. It's something that you you get to do. So to make sure you take care of everything else um, that you got behind the scenes, so you're able to go out there and go ride and have fun is always something I really stressed. Um, but you know, riding dirt bikes is is cool. I, it's it's a great workout. It's it's fun. It's really uh, freeing for me. Like mentally, I get to uh, kind of let go of the uh, the reality and just focus on the right now, the, the what's in front of you, the, the train. So have fun with it. Do you, you know, go, go ride, um, have fun, just, uh, you know, be, be safe and smart, but, uh, go, go do it. And as far as getting into racing aspects, um, hill climbing in particular, I'd say start, start going out and getting in the hills and, and, uh, try climbing stuff. Um, you don't know until you try and, you know, fortunately enough, riding a hill, you're not going to, uh, get yourself too hurt. Yeah. That's kind of falling uphill <laughs> against gravity. It's uh, always yeah. a plus. Anything's possible. Coming down is usually not too fun. But. Yeah. That's the worst part sometimes. Um, my last question, who inspired you to get into the sport? Like, is there any 
riders that you look up to in the sport and that you, or the, even outside of the sport that, that push you on a year to year basis? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, when, when I came, came up into hill climbing, um, I always, I, I mean, any little kids, we always watched X games or rocket power. I watched on TV. Dude, rocket power. Uh, yeah. But you know, you watch these, you know, doing, doing cool stuff. I always rode BMX and stuff, but as far as riding dirt bikes, I always knew I wanted to, to ride dirt bikes and race or do something like that. Um, and then when the hill climb aspect came around and, and starting to, to watch these, uh, these, these guys like Travis Whitlock and Harold Waddell, the kind of the OGs that weren't like, I mean, they weren't that, that much older than me, but they were, you know, I was, I was 15 years old, just getting into this thing. And you watch these guys that are just decorated, just phenomenal what they do. They've uh, perfected the craft, I guess you could say. Um, but as far as like somebody that, you know, I got inspired to or looked up to the most in the hill climb aspect was probably, you know, there's, there's a group of guys, um, but the whole era of, of the, uh, like Brett Peterson and Robbie Peterson, the way they brought the professionalism and mm-hmm. that, that style and that the gear and everything. I love, I love that. I really looked at the up videos. To that. And, yeah. The videos and yeah. kind of going out there and uh, Beaumont hitting the, the cliff jumps. I love that aspect. And also, you know, being teammates with those guys is cool. Um, but really, I really liked, um, the, the intensity of both Harold Waddell and Jason Smith, uh, both those guys, their program, um, to me is something I really tried to like duplicate and, 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 um, copy as much as I could in what made sense for me. Like I, I loved Harold's kind of motocross attack position, um, how he set up his bikes long and stiff to where they could handle the motocross, um, and I, I love how, how Jason would just be so precise on his lines and uh, his bikes too were just, just phenomenal. Um, so I really, I'd, I'd say those two guys are somebody that I really look up to and try to uh, aspire to and, and kind of duplicate my setup. That's really good insight. Thanks for sharing that. Um, do you have any sponsors to thank as we end this thing? And Yeah, I got, I got a bunch of guys. I really wish I could be uh thinking them up on the podium <laughs> here soon but uh pumped to be uh, running fast house again this season love, love their stuff they look so good um irc tires been been with them for a long time and um don't see that changing anytime soon um really 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 like their stuff was just running the the ixo nines on the motocross track today um but be set up with the m5b's um all year and actually use the m5b carcass uh, for my paddle tires too to get put on so Mm. yeah just inside there um motion pro love those guys love the tools and stuff ddc sprockets making me oversized sprockets what was the size of that one (laughs) (laughs) that's that's some inside stuff that's secret sauce you can't it was like like 38 tooth or something no i'm just (laughs) i'm just kidding um yeah nate delaney ddc sprockets he makes oversized sprockets for us hocom guys um so check him out maximal oil um odi changed change bars this year love running their stuff um took a while to get the right fuel and right bend but now i'm really 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 pleased with them love working with them fmf cd boots eks elusive eyewear um new sunglass company here locally for me out of um oakley um make really affordable glasses love the fit the style always like the new new stuff so check them out um ds moto customs graphics those guys killed my graphics i love uh love that stuff um 
doing doing stuff a little different, but all the colors and everything else, um, and easy to work with too. The guy gets back to you pretty promptly, so that's nice. Action Sports Canopies got some new canopies this year. Pumped on that. Thrill Seekers. These guys got the best apparel and coolest looking seat covers ever. So hit those guys up. Um, CTI knee braces, really pumped on them. Um, it's one of the biggest attributes I got right now that got me back onto the bike. So that is huge. Um, take care of your knees. Um, and you can go get those things over the counter or go through your doctor and get them fitted. Um, and last, uh, unlimited motorsports. Um, there, Jody's been doing my suspension, motor work, you name it. So thanks, guys. Well, right on. Thank you, Logan, for spending the time on this Saturday to talk with us and share some stories and some insight on your successes and, you know, the the way you've grown in the sport. I think it's pretty rad. So I uh, hope you guys all enjoy the podcast and Logan Mead's interview. If we could, if you're not following Logan Mead on social media, do you have your IG tag, Facebook? IG is lmead414. Um Facebook's Logan Mead. I'm not on there, but you, you can look at some pictures and videos. I get Team, Limit, Team Unlimited. Has Team Unlimited's a, got yeah. some more current stuff, but I think uh, people tag me on quite a few videos and stuff um, just from past, so I'm around, but hit me up on Instagram. Yeah, guys, go follow him and wait for the next episode of this. Appreciate the time, Logan, and we'll hopefully see you on the hill sooner than later. Heck yeah, look forward to it. Thanks for listening to the Elevated Action Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the topics we covered and stories we shared. For more extreme moto content, follow us at Elevated Action Sports on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. Have a great day and stay tuned for the next one.